Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jambo, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Radio Harambe, the companion podcast to our website, jamboeveryone.com. I am Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios, and joining me from somewhere in the world... Back out on the road, he is. Safari Mike. Mike, where are you today? Jumbo Dave. I am at Quava del Guacharo National Park. How do you spell Quava? C-U-E-V-A. Okay, so that is definitely Spanish. So it's got to be a... Say it again. Quava <laughs> del Guacharo. I'm sure you're pronouncing the, uh, that well, last What else is uh, it's got to be Spanish. And, uh, oh, see, I like sometimes I like to get a little more information than just the name. It's a national park. It is. So who would have a national park and speak in Spanish? Argentina. That's not a terrible guess. Venezuela. Well, it's the other side of the continent for crying out loud, Mike. Well, it's just north. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the continent. If that if, <laughs> if that gets me anything. Dave, we are studying the oil bird, which is a fascinating bird. It, it gets its name actually because the young um, uh, oil birds get every last nutrient out of uh, what they're fed by their parents. So so much so that they have such a fat storing ability that in, in Native Americans, I should say, used to uh, take them out of their nests and boil them to render uh, fat so they could have oil for their torches back in the uh, you know primitive times. Um, oil birds are fascinating in that they're nocturnal. Uh, a rare, you know, not you know, there are not too many birds out there that are no. nocturnal. No. They, however, live in caves during the day, uh, which is unusual. They're also yeah. unique in that they're the only night, uh, you know, nocturnal bird that actually eats f- fruit. Most nocturnal birds are nocturnal, so they can hunt, you know, mosquitoes and bugs and, and whatnot. Um, this so strange they, evolutionary. Uh... They, yeah, you know, and and like bats, not only do they live in caves, but they also use echolocation, uh, like bats. Really? You'll hear them chirping constantly um, as a as a form of uh, you know locating obstacles in flight. That's fascinating. fascinating birds. That is fascinating. A bird that uses echolocation, incredible. An oil bird. I'll have to look it up. Is it all one word? Probably right. Oil bird. It is. You are correct. Cool. All right. Well, we learn something new every day. On the today's show, we're going to discuss all the news from Disney's Animal Kingdom and the rest of Walt Disney World, our normal uh, format show from our last one where we uh, threw this all away. And then in our final segment, Mike's going to take us on a safari around the Animal Kingdom Lodge. But let's begin with the local news. And Mike, nothing really warms the uh, the heart quite as much as babies at Disney's Animal Kingdom and the Disney Park blogs announced uh, just earlier this week that um, 
three of ba- three baby Maasai giraffes will now be at the Harambe Wildlife Reserve. And here's the quote from the Parks blog. Our newest giraffe calves have ventured out onto the savanna for the first time. Mara, Milo, and Lincoln are three, four, and five months old, respectively, and are doing very well in their new home. Um, I, I believe we knew these things were born already. These guys were born already. We had seen pictures of them earlier, mm-hmm. um, but now we we know now that they are on safari, and you can go and see them. And uh, Mike, I'm sure you have seen baby giraffes on safari and at the Animal Kingdom Lodge before. They're incredibly cute to watch, and are. Uh, and are certainly a crowd pleaser with the cameras. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they have those big brown eyes and yeah they people love them yeah yeah they're great and uh, as i always like to ask uh, does your favorite theme park do that and i'm sure it doesn't unless (laughs) unless you're on our side um uh, the uh, the news is kind of little today locally, so we're just going to kind of fly through these things. There's not much summer; it's that kind of thing, and especially since we had such a huge week in news last week. But um, one thing we announced was that the Cali River Rapids ride has been added to the list of attractions open during the extra magic hours at the park. Early extra magic hours. Um, the timing is kind of what I wanted to ask you about, Mike. It just seems strange to me because you would think if they were going to add Cali River Rapids to the extra magic hours, they would have done it on June 1st. Yeah, right before the summer crowds. Right. and, and right before, be- right before it gets start to get colder. Exactly. It's not so much <laughs> the, less crowded. Right. It's not so much the crowds I care about. It's the temperature that yeah, seems to make so, so, so little sense. But so there's no reason behind it other than somebody just decided now's the time to do it, I guess. As far as I know, I mean, I, I know of no other reason. Yeah. Very weird. Very weird timing. Uh, so you can now see that on your extra magic hours if you want to do that. I don't know why you'd want to get soaked at 8.15 in the morning, but if you do, so be it. Uh, we learned also last week about the addition of a new vegetarian option at Harambe Market. Uh, Mike, you had complained that they uh, didn't have something vegetarian, mm-hmm. although you're not a vegetarian, so I don't know why you complained about it, but you did. And, well, it seemed uh, odd. And, Complaining and, is probably a strong word. It just seemed very strange. Well, it's good. Now, apparently, you can stop your whining about it and head to the <laughs> sausage stand for a grilled vegetable stack with pesto, which honestly sounds neither tasty nor African, if you ask me. But it's there, and now we have that to uh, to try, I guess. It doesn't, I it doesn't sound African, but it does sound tasty. I don't know why you think, think so? it sounds tasty. I don't think it does. I like grilled vegetables, and I like pesto. Mm. Mm. I, I suppose it depends on the vegetables. It sounds just very bleh. Well, it depends. Just, I mean, just throw like some pesto on top of some vegetables that you stuck on a grill when the grill was probably just used for sausages five minutes ago. So if you're really that kind of vegetarian, you're <laughs> not going to be happy about it. But neither <laughs> – I shouldn't say that. That's me. But <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, it is now available. Mm-hmm. So Mike is uh, very excited about that. I'm um, very excited. And finally – this is that's it for the local news. Actually, we only have one more story. Um, we've been seeing a lot of construction updates coming from the Animal Kingdom since our last podcast, um, and they're all related to the things that we talked about. Uh, we've seen some pictures on a lot of different places. I think somebody sent us some pictures too that we posted late last week. Um, we're seeing the floating mountains, show buildings at Pandora, um, more construction on the lake are for the Rivers of Light. We see a lot of that happening. Uh, but Mike, I know you wanted particularly to mention something specific in the construction happening for Kilimanjaro safaris. Right. So what my understanding is, is that um, I'll try to paint a picture for the, the, our listeners. Um, 
across from where the giraffe barn is, and which would be um, where the giraffes come on exhibit, you know, in the first thing in the morning. And that's just before you get to um, Monkey Island, where the mandrels are. To the left, there's kind of like a, a, a path back there, and eventually it leads to, you know, where the giraffes are off exhibit. Mm-hmm. Somewhere right around there will be a right-hand turn. They're building a new road that will cut across um, and basically go up over the hill, I guess not far from where the Boma is for the Wild Africa Trek, and right. dump you back down there. This would mean you would bypass um, the Monkey Island. You would bypass the rickety bridge that you know they, they pretend is about to fall apart when you're driving over it. Right. They'll bypass the bull elephant exhibit, which is um, you know when they first put on the music, and sometimes you could see an elephant right to the right hand side. Um, they'll bypass those exhibits. Um, it's my understanding that this will be in, in effect for when they actually have the Sunset Kilimanjaro Safari, which will mean the attraction itself will be shorter than uh, the one at Kilimanjaro, you know, the regular daytime Kilimanjaro Safari. I've also heard that, uh, you know, one of the other benefits of this is that they're going to finally be able to refurb the um, rickety bridge. I know uh, many of you know in recent years it's a crapshoot whether that thing is working or not, and often, more often than not, it is not working. Right. And that's because there's only one path for these uh, cars, for the safari trucks, and they really can't shut down the bridge and really do a number on it and you know refurb it for a good couple of months without shutting down the whole attraction. So I suspect that once they have this path going up and all the the uh, drivers are trained on the new you know area, they may shut down the, you know that section of the uh, of the Kilimanjaro safaris for a month or so for a refurb. Um, you know that, this way they'd be able to keep the thing open and um, you know attend to these things. Well, I mean, we, I think we thought, and we've always kind of thought that we were going to get a shorter version, physically shorter version, correct? We we have, but you know, oddly enough, Dave, if you go back and listen to the um, speech that Joe Rody gave uh, at D twenty three when he talks about the Sunset Kilimanjaro safaris, he uses the term "we're going to expand the safaris to include, uh, you know, the sunset, et cetera, et cetera." And he goes on and explains the the, the sunset for for a minute. I've seen. Uh, websites and I've actually heard podcasts that interpreted that comment as meaning Kilimanjaro Safaris is actually going to get bigger. That they're going to op- you know make it a, a bigger attraction, add um, more you know add to the actual overall um, safari. Right. And I and I think those people have it dead wrong. Uh, if you read what he what he says, he says he's just they're expanding. I think they're really talking about expanding the hours and expanding the number of animals that are going to be on there which is, of course, the hyenas and the wild African dogs. Um, this path, you know, this other, not path per se, but road, will make the Sunset Safaris uh, abbreviated. Will oh, I guess, you know, maybe the other uh, animals will be on that particular route. Um, I mean, they're not really expanding the safaris. They're, they're right. offering a, a, di- a different route, and I think it will be shorter, actually, as opposed to expanded. It's. I think the most fascinating. I mean, we 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 know now that we're going to have animals 
that are going to be unique to the Sunset Safari. Mm-hmm. We have, um, not, we know now what the set is going to be, how they're going to, how they're going to, you know, use lighting. Um, we know now basically have an idea of the shortness of the path and stuff. What's really fascinating to me at this point is how they're going to handle this promotionally. Um, and by promotionally, I mean guests in the park. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I mean, I don't expect them to. I mean, I do expect them to promote it. I do expect you to see some sort of promotion around it. I don't know what. I don't know if it just means it ends up on Stacy's thing, um, you know, or so or something like that. But well, the guide how, map too. The guide map, yeah. But how they explain this? How this? How this goes to guests? Like, is the idea going to be uh, okay? You've ridden the Kilimanjaro safaris, but now come back tonight, mm-hmm. where we have a totally different Kilimanjaro safaris. And how do they explain that it's different yet shorter? <laughs> and well, they and is it actually? Sh- yeah, but and is will it actually be shorter time wise? Oh, I don't. I absolutely think so. Yeah, uh, but this is what I don't. I mean, this is what we have to see. I mean, it yeah, may it may just be that the trucks travel slower through these things because yeah. it may be more difficult to see animals under this lighting. So they may give people more time mm-hmm. with it. I I don't know. Um, but I think the cool thing will be to see whether or not they really promote the idea of it being two separate experiences, two entirely different attractions. Um, you know, even putting up some sort of faux sign, you know, over the old one at night or something like how did how? Yeah, that'd be interesting. How does the story change? Are we on a Mm -hmm. two week safari of Harambe again? Or is this something completely different? Um, You know, that that's what I can't wait to see at this point, how that's all going to work out. None of that really even needs to have to be announced. I mean, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff that may not we they might not even know right away. So. It's pretty fascinating, and and we're looking forward to hearing more and more about it as we go along. Anything else from the construction strike your fancy? Anything from the from the Pandora or the Rivers of Light the, that struck out to you, or nothing uh, nothing out of the ordinary, right? Nothing that we haven't talked about already. Um, yeah, no, I, I think we're good. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think so either. I just I know you put you went had a post with some pictures and things like that, and I didn't know if there was something in there I was missing. Um, so let's move straight into the world news, Mike. What do you got? Sure, Dave. Uh, we are going to go to One Man's Dream, and we're going to go to the Eat to the Beat. But first, Dave, we're going to do Run Disney. They have announced a new series of races taking place at Walt Disney World that are inspired by the dark forces of the Star Wars universe. Uh, since the debut of the Star Wars theme race over at Disneyland, the Walt Disney event is now going to be a dark side of the force, and will be titled the Star Wars Half Marathon the dark side it'll feature uh, kids races and some other things as well as the uh, uh, the signature event the half marathon the course will take place in epcot as well as disney's animal kingdom and hollywood studios before it finishes at the wild world of sports complex some of the other things going on are the star wars dark side challenge which is a 10k uh well the star wars dark side challenge is if you run the 10k and the half marathon on consecutive days and then they have the Kessel Run Challenge. If you complete the half half marathon on both coasts, nice, nice. The the one in Disneyland is actually called Star Wars Half Marathon: The Light Side, and that goes uh, on January sixteenth. This uh, race for Walt Disney World will be on the weekend of April fourteenth through the seventeenth. You can start registering on September twenty second. Interesting. I don't know the prices yet, by the way. Mm, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound to me like it'd be one of the more expensive ones. 
but but you never know. I mean, they may. Yeah, you never know because they always (laughs) try to get something out of these things, especially in the beginning. But (laughs) that's true. They charge an awful lot of money for running these things anyway, and Mm -hmm. it's a uh, it baffles me. But uh, how much they charge for it? But they get it, so that's really can't blame them. People Uh, love it, so what are you gonna do? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I'm a runner as well. I just I've never done any of these, and I, I don't think I will. But um, I am. I'm always excited about adding more and more of the Star Wars stuff, and the fact that they use the Kessel Run is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's just cool because right because it's just that's that's for fans, man. That's for geeks. Yeah, and your medal, uh, if you do that, will be a Millennium Falcon kind of starship inspired medal. Oh, fabulous! Uh, the uh, Star Wars Dark Side Challenge will be a Death Star themed medal. <laughs> Sounds great. I love it. Yeah, it's fine. I just want Disney to release the original theatrical versions of the movies. That's all I want, Disney. I thought they were going to. No official announcement as of yet. All right. But we've been hearing this rumor for a long, long time, and it's we, they, it's time to do it. Release the official uh, original theatrical releases, because the, the stuff that Lucas destroyed is what we need to get past now. And get back to the real ones. So, but every every Star Wars fan is waiting for that. So, what else do we have? Sure, Dave. Let's go to uh, menus. Uh, menus for, for yes, for um, uh, listeners of the show. Back in the fall of 2014, we discussed a test run where some of the restaurants around Walt Disney World were testing allergy-friendly menus uh, for people who are uh, suffer from allergies that are uh, severe uh, when you would t- tell a waiter or waitress that, that you have such a thing the actual the chef would actually come out and talk to you about what you can have and can't have to sort of save time and save the chef's time um, and, and as well as the guests time they are now all restaurants I guess that the test that they were did back in fall of 2014 was successful because now all restaurants are going to start using allergy friendly menus they're going to cover all the biggies, including uh, gluten and wheat, milk, peanut, other nuts, and fish allergies. Uh, so if you have one of those, they have a special menu that you can order from. And it, again, like it just cuts down on time just for you know having the chef come out. That could take a while, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's coming soon. It's hard not to give Disney credit on, on these allergies and the things. They, they really have gone above and beyond. Um, I mean, they, they, they try their best to really accommodate mm-hmm. as much as they possibly can. And a lot of places just won't do that and just don't have the facilities to do it. And they Correct. They, they seem to continuously, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't live with one of these allergies. I don't live with one of these sort of choices either. I'm not a vegetarian or anything like that. Um, so I don't, you know, I, who am I to say? But uh, I, it sounds to me like, I, I mean, this is the only place I ever go where they actually advertise that they have it. You know, <laughs> yeah, so, sure. so if you're, you're lactose you know, intolerant, yeah, I mean, I mean they got something. Many other you. places, you're on your own, right? Uh, D- Disney goes above and beyond trying to help you, yeah. Uh, you know, get around that as best you can. Very cool. What else, Dave? We talk about how Fast Pass Plus reservations uh, at the Tier One at Epcot. There's just not that many to do. Well, Dave, consider that problem solved. You can now make Fast Pass Plus reservations for the Eat to the Beat concert <laughs> series. During the Epcot International Food and Wine Festival, so instead of booking a Tier 1 Fast Pass for Test Track or for uh, Soren, you can now book it for Herman Harbert's, uh, you know, starring Peter Noonan. Uh, it goes along with 
The Tier 1 Fast Pass grouping, just in case you want to know, was Illuminations, Living with the Land, Soaring, and Test Track. And you can make one selection out of that. And this could include this. This will allow you to get to the American Gardens Theater with entry allowed 20 minutes before the show. Um, and you will, of course, get your uh, you know, uh, definite seating there. Um, it starts on September 25th. Okay, I'll, let me let before I get snarky about it because <laughs> at first I was going to be very snarky about it, but the fact that you're getting in early and can get a seat now, I, uh, I've gone to many of these shows and I've been there for these things a lot, and a lot almost every time I've gone to the um, the Food and Wine Festival at some point I've attended one of these concerts because. It doesn't matter who it is. It's a free concert. I go and see it. That's just because I'm a musician by trade. So I, I always go and see people play. Mm-hmm. So and, and I do this. Uh, you know, I do that all the time as well. And every concert I've gone to, you, you can never you're never shut out of a seat. I've never once been shut out of a seat. In fact, I've met many, many times walked in late and sat in a bench, you know, towards the back, but there. So I've never been in a situation where I couldn't get a seat. Now, it could be that I've just, you know, that I haven't been to the concerts that are more popular and people can't get into. I doubt that because I've seen a big variety of people, but I've never actually been denied a seat. So at first, when you said that this was added, I was like, oh, great. They've added something to the Fast Pass that no one really cares about and will ever use. And that was my first reaction and why I started laughing. But the other thing is, Mike, there's always a group of people who are super fans mm-hmm. of whoever it is that's on, no, no matter who it is. I mean, it's somebody who we couldn't even imagine would have a super fan has four dozen super fans there. And now it, it sound, that's a person who would want to use the Fast Pass reservation to sit sure. front. Because there, these people are waiting, like, have you ever noticed? Hours. Hours to yeah. sit down front. You know, they and now if it. you make your fast pass reservation to get in early, you're going to go in even before them. Well, I'm not sure how early they let you in on the fast pass plus. Well, so. it's but I thought you just said 20 minutes earlier. Oh yes, before they uh, open up the correct. Yeah, 20, they're allowed. This allows entry 20 minutes before the showtime. Yeah, I mean, do they allow? Do they wait? I mean, when does the entry for the rest of the public? If if they're actually letting people in before the rest of the public gets in, then it's then this is great. If they're not, then it's a waste of everybody's time. Yeah, pretty much. But, but if they but if they are letting people in beforehand, then it's great because there are going to be people at every one of these concerts that will use this. Mm-hmm. There may only be a couple of dozen. You know, I mean, how many? You know, how many Chris Christopherson fans are there? I, there's probably a lot, and I'm sure somebody I just alienated a couple of listeners. Is he um, playing there? He has in the past. I don't know if oh, he still right. is. <laughs> I feel like he hasn't I mean, played there since like yeah, 2001. There's, there's, there's a lot. I mean, there's you know, who knows? Who knows? There's a lot. There's lots of Herman's Hermits fans out there oh, that I know play. for sure. You know, and, and uh, <laughs> what's that one band that always plays? Sugar Sugar Ray. <laughs> yeah, and they're always there. They're always there, and if I'm not, Rick Springfield is always there. Yeah, often. Yeah. Now, come on, Rick Springfield's got people. Jesse's girl. <laughs> yeah. See, there's always <laughs> boys to men who have their own like like uh, Las Vegas show. They they're there every year. I believe somebody that used to be part of Starship, which used to be part Mickey of Jefferson Thomas. Airplane. I mean, that's kind of popular. 
Not really. <laughs> but there's fans, is, is my point. You know, there's 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 fans of those people, and and that so of that's that's good. That's fine. They've added something. They haven't taken something away. That's fine. So, I get it. What else? <laughs> Can I move on now? Yes, <laughs> Dave. This this uh, actually is a couple of weeks old, but I wanted to bring it up. The brand new Shop Disney Parks app is available on iTunes and uh, Google Play. Um, I don't know if you've been able had a chance to look at this, Dave, but no. it is a tremendous uh, app. It is. Um, oh my god, I love it. I, I haven't bought anything yet, but I have about twelve things in my cart. I haven't uh, purchased anything yet. This satisfies all the people for who go to a Disney park, go to a store, think about buying something, and say, "I don't know if I want it." Now, now you can think about it. Um, when you get home, you can just go on your app and order it. Uh, whenever you want. I have a Harambe backpack as well as some cups and, and some Harambe t-shirts all in my cart. Uh, sooner or later, I'll probably buy them. But a bed, essentially, anything that's sold in the park, you can find on this app and all order right. it. Cool. Uh, I find it a little odd because I would find it's great for, obviously, the guests, but it would, it would seem to me for Disney that um, there's a lot of people who go to a store, let's say the Haunted Mansion store, look at a Haunted Mansion mug saying to themselves, do I really want this? Well, you know what? I, if I don't buy it now, I'm never going to buy it, so let me buy it. Right. Um, there, you, you can now have a, an alternative by you know thinking about it and ordering a couple of weeks later. On the other hand, this does, I think, defeat a lot of the eBay uh, people who will purchase this stuff and put Good. it on eBay. Put it on eBay for the people who can't you know get to the park or not in the parks for Good. You know, every couple of years. Good. I'm all so, for that because yeah, me too. I don't like that at all because people are inflating prices. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're trying to make their buck on it. I, I don't, I don't care for that at all. I'd, I, I, I just, I don't think people should be spending forty five dollars for a t shirt that you know that Disney can should should and can sell them directly. And I'm all for that. So yeah, that, and now they do. Great. So you can you can get any of anything at the store. Like I was looking through it. All that stuff that um, you know, you can buy at the Zuri Sweet Shop, like the Flame Tree Barbecue, uh, Flame Tree Barbecue uh, Barbecue Sauce. I could buy it right now if I wanted to, uh, and it could be shipped to my house in a week. Cool. So all that, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Um, it's great. It's a great app. It's, it's even just fun just to kind of like you know go scroll through and search stuff. It's it really is good. All right, I'm downloading it now. Yeah, absolutely. You'll like yeah. it. Cool. I'm not sure if your bank account will like it, but you'll like it. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, that's <laughs> my bank account doesn't like a lot of things I do. That's <laughs> <Yes>, for sure. <laughs> Dave, I'm going to move on here. Yeah. Uh, the Walt Disney's office, uh, which was an exhibit at One Man's Dream, has been removed. Oh. The desk, chair, cabinet, all that stuff mm-hmm. has apparently been shipped to California. So it'll open at the Walt. It will be part of the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco. Um, <clears throat> this is obviously the beginnings of the end of what one man's dream, uh. at least where it currently is. For those of you who have seen the Toy Story Land concept art from D23, if you connect the dots and see exactly you know where Toy Story Mania is, it looks like one man's dream is soon to become a path that's going to lead into Toy Story Land. Which will be the same fate, I think, of the jack sparrow experience which is long since closed right so uh the beginning of the end for one man's dream at least uh in that particular spot i i think i you know we all i am obviously i love one man's dream it's probably like one of my two or three favorite things in 
the Hollywood Studios, so that's not really saying a lot. But um, there were, I thought there were only two or three things in Hollywood Studios. Yeah, there are only two or three things. <laughs> there are certainly only two or three things that I go to go there and see yeah, when I'm there. Um, but I I do hope that the concept doesn't die and shows up mm-hmm. somewhere else. Um, but I I do also see how. Um, it's probably maybe doesn't belong in the Hollywood studios after all is said and done with all this. Um, it was perfectly placed before when we had an area that was talking about animation and films and stuff. And, you know, Walt went right in there. Now that we've removed all that, it, it almost feels like something would belong more in on main street or, or yeah, I think main street would be the best yeah. or even, even like kind of divvied up. Um, sure. Some stuff in main street, some stuff like in the interventions would be, Oh, that'd be a great place for it. Stuff. That would be a great yeah. place for it. Yeah, but they there's no reason to go to innovations now. So, so inventions right. now. So, so, right. the, so that would be terrific if they if they even expanded on it and used one of those bigger buildings for a mm-hmm. whole sort of museum to Walt. I mean, that would be the that would be the best of both worlds for sure. Right. Um. And 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 would be a good placement of it. And 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 you could also, you know, couch it behind. Um, you know the Progress City stuff, the the you know the big Epcot, um, mm-hmm. y- you know the the building of Epcot. There's a lot you can do to kind of feed it into the Epcot feel. So I, I think that's uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea, but I, I I I fear it may be gone and and dusted, but who knows? Yep. Is that it? No, sir, Dave. It's time to play everybody's All favorite game. All right, Dave. Guess that. Guess how much it costs. All right. Ready? Yes. All right, Dave. Disney's Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is just around the corner. Yeah. And again, there is a not only are you spending money on a hard ticket event, but you can buy a premium package, and that is the Happy Hollowishes Dessert Premium Package for this year's. Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. Um, for that, you Happy Hallow wishes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay. You get a reserved location for the Boo to You parade, as well as a Happy Hallow wishes dessert party. The uh, dessert party actually appears to be the only one this year. I don't know if you remember this last year, Dave, but they had that sinister soiree in Cinderella's castle where they had, you know, Maleficent and some other characters and stuff. That's actually apparently gone. But anyway, so what? Um, you get for I this particular that, thing. Neither here nor there. Do you remember it or no? No. All right. Well, anyway, there you enjoyed the Boudou Halloween Parade from a special reserved location right on Main Street. Um, that is then followed by a private dessert party with, as Disney puts, to die for views of Cinderella's castle's fireworks. Um, you will get a tablecloth draped in black, a flickering jack-o'-lanterns. And you get to dine on Halloween-themed cupcakes, desserts prepared that day with sweet treats like chocolate-dipped strawberries, chocolate mousse ice cream, fresh tea, coffee, fruits, cheeses, etc., etc. No alcohol. There's sparkling cider and cider, excuse me, and lemonade. Dave, guess how much that costs? There's no. Is there a take-home of any kind? Meaning what? Oh, you mean like a special gift or something? Yeah. Is there anything that you get? No. No. You get a special viewing area for the Boo to You Parade right on Main Street, and you get this dessert party for Hallowishes. So it's just desserts and cupcakes is what you said. And a special viewing 
I'm like, yeah, I don't care about that. That doesn't cost anything. The, view, the viewing areas for these things cost nothing. So I, the, you can't factor that in. You just have to add $25 at the end for, for, because that's what they do. So when, when I come up with this price, I have to think of how much they're actually giving you, what you're actually getting. It's, it's and just then, desserts, coffee, okay. tea. It's uh, you know, chocolate chip, strawberry, some cupcakes sparkling cider and coffee well nothing like this could be under fifty dollars because then everybody would do it so it has to be at least over fifty dollars so i would say fifty nine dollars six six sixty one fifty nine to sixty one dollars <laughs> it's sixty nine for adults. Oh, that's close. Sixty nine for children yeah. ages three to nine. I did good there. I'm, I'm proud of myself with that one. That's close. It's not Be- bad. It's yeah. not bad at all. But think about. I mean, the, these type of things, Mike. This 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 mm-hmm. thing here. I will forever be flabbergasted that these things occur and that people do them. Now, imagine you have a family of four. Okay. Now you said, and I'm sure there's a discount for the kids. So, oh, thirty nine. It's thirty nine for children three to nine. Okay, so you have, if you have a if you have a twelve year old mm-hmm. and a ten year old, mm-hmm. right? You're paying about two hundred and fifty dollars. No, you're, you're no wrong. To, if I have a ten year old and a twelve year old, I'm paying seventy dollars per person. That's two hundred and eighty dollars. Okay, for two, a family of four. Two hundred and right. But if you have a, if if you're paying thirty nine for one of them is what I'm saying. And oh, so so, the, so one of them is like nine. You said yeah. Right. So so let so around over two hundred and fifty dollars for okay. a family of four to eat cupcakes, and and s- that's not including. I mean, you still have to pay for the hard ticket itself, the actual yep. cost of Mickey. Two hundred and fifty dollars you know. over the already <laughs> gouged price of the actual ticket to the event itself. The ticket to the event. Itself, I think, is like sixty nine dollars, isn't it? Sixty nine dollars for a five hour event. It's a good event, though. It's a good, Mike. It's sixty nine dollars a person for a five hour event. It's a hundred dollars for a full day ticket when the park can be open from eight to two a.m. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's too much. That's why I don't attend these things anymore because they've made the prices way way well, too high. But in uh, fairness, but before you move on, when you say it's sixty nine dollars for a five hour event, I mean if you mm-hmm. buy the hard ticket, you can get in usually three hours before the event starts. You can actually get in at four. Just I mean I'm just just pointing that out. Okay, I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about no, is just, what I'm worried about is this two hundred and sixty dollars for freaking cupcakes. Okay, and yeah, to get ridiculous. it's crazy. I mean, that's when you think about it that way, it's nuts. I guess at first mm-hmm. people go, "Wow, sixty nine dollars? Well, that's expensive." But think about it. What are you getting? You're getting to view the fireworks that you can probably view from a place ten feet in front of where they're going to give you if you just go there a half an hour early and stand there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's nuts. It's, you're getting nothing. It's, is it worth it? I mean, that's more than a dinner. That's twice the cost of a good dinner. And you're per person, and you're and what, you're right. getting a couple of. I mean, it's crazy, but people do it. People <laughs> yep, do it. Do. So that's it, right? No, David, I have oh, a, no. bonus. A, a bonus. A bonus. Guess how much this costs? Oh God! <laughs> Are you right? There's yes. actually three of them. I wasn't going to do three. I'll just do one more. Okay. Uh, Disney has started ticket sales for next month's Star Wars 
Force Friday merchandise event <sighs> at Downtown Disney's Once Upon a Toy. For a ticket price, which you'll have to guess, you will be the uh, you will be among the first to purchase new Star Wars and Star Wars The Force Awakens theme merchandise, including special Disney theme park merchandise exclusives and licensed products. There will be limits to what you can buy, and you will get a special Force Friday logo messenger bag. The event begins at 12.01 a.m. Mike, I, I, on September 4th. <laughs> Dave, guess how much it costs to go buy merchandise? It's $50. Exactly right. <laughs> and because I saw this. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, 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 I did. Because um, it, it, and it was something I was actually I actually earmarked that I was going to ask you if you saw it. Um, because and I forgot to do so because I was so nauseated by it. <laughs> I mean, how could how how could they? Who would do? I mean, I don't know, who, Mike. There uh, there uh, are to- first of all there are Toys R Us there are Toys R Us locations the country over that are having these same events and selling these same products. Okay. The, the, the key to what you're saying right the now. The only is, difference is the theme park stuff. Right. That's the only difference. Correct. But when they say purchase limits will p- apply, I'm telling you right now who's going to do it. Those are the people who are going to buy up for, you know, whatever, Force Friday. As much as they can and sell Mickey them on Mouse eBay. action yep. figures, and you'll see them on eBay the next for day. $250 a person. They're going to try yep. to make their money back. That's yep. exactly who's going to do it. Those are the same people who spend the $2,000 you know, special ticket at the D23 events to get into the store before everybody else. That's right. And gobble up all the D23 merchandise so they could throw it on eBay for three times what they paid for it. Yep. In an attempt to make money off of it. So that's exactly who's going to buy those $50 tickets. But but what I'm saying is you can go and buy these things mm-hmm. at, a, at a Toys R Us. And do the same thing if you really wanted to. Sure, the next day. So you'll you'll get it. Five no, no, no. They're doing. They're, no, they're doing midnight. Oh, are they doing? Yes. Okay, yeah, right, they're right. doing Force Friday midnight things. This has happened the world over. Uh, okay. Yeah, this is not. This is not just. Are they charging you fifty bucks to get in? No, at no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. But you know what? You you gotta you gotta hand it to Disney for this because, I mean. They've managed to somehow generate a buzz for toys for a movie that you can't possibly think. I mean, if I were a collector, Mike, who who got bitten by the Phantom Menace, you know, bug, mm-hmm. and did this for Phantom Menace, I mean, you got you lost your shirt. People mm-hmm. who bought all these things before Phantom Menace came out. Now have nothing of value because nobody wants it because the movie sucked. Right. We have Plus you have no idea that this. I mean, I'm pretty confident it's not going to suck because of just from who's making it and the way it seems. Sure. The story seems to be good and and sure. the, you know they're they're giving us enough information to give us some idea. But I don't mm-hmm. know for sure. It could be just as bad. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we're starting to learn that maybe Star Wars was a one-shot thing that had to take place at that time with that technology and and that producer and director at that age in his life and and can't really be reproduced at other times. You know, and, and once you start adding all of the technology and stuff to the show, it doesn't become the movie that we all fell in love with. It becomes something else. It becomes very run-of-the-mill. It become you know, it, this was mm-hmm. a groundbreaking film. 
this next one is not going to break any ground. You know, it's just it's just going to be another bit of the story. And, and you know, you start to wonder <laughs> whether or not they could ever really make that. I mean, this movie's going to make billions yeah, and it's going to make billions on this licensing stuff as well. And I'm not getting you wrong. I'm not. But but people who would spend thinking that they could charge fifty dollars to get into the store. I mean, that's just insulting. I don't know who would do it. There I mean, plenty of people who will do it, unfortunately. I, yeah. Well, it, the, it only takes a few. Right, Mike? I mean, it does. You don't, yeah. you don't need a big line of people. The other, the other thing that I think people sometimes don't really realize is that, for example, with the new films of Star Wars, I mean, they artificially try to create collectibles with all yes. this stuff. And when you do that, you don't actually create collectibles. Exactly. It's like, um, you oh, know, 100%. years ago, I was a big comic book fan. And, mm-hmm. you know, comics from the, from the 80s were collectible because they weren't, you know, they didn't really, they were just rare. Uh, but when they started putting out all these like variant covers and t- you know foil covers, yep. trying to it, artificially inflate the collectible market, it bombed on them. Well, it I, backfired on them. I, 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 you tell people this all the time. I, I mean, people always ask about stuff, and I and they always ask me about collectibles and what mm-hmm. things are worth. I always get those questions, and it's simple. The the you know baseball cards from the 1960s and comic books from the 1960s and 70s are not incredibly collectible because they're old they're incredibly collectible because they're rare right. and they're rare because 90% of the people who bought them back then destroyed them mm-hmm. <laughs> they threw them away they rolled them up and stuck them in their pocket they you know used them in the spokes of their wheels and their bikes you know, and all this kind of stuff, people didn't take care of it. Very few people thought to save them back then. But then once the idea started hitting in the in the early 80s of, hey, this stuff can be worth money, then everybody saved everything and the whole market just died. <laughs> right. So now, you know, it's like pins, Mike. Disney pins are the same way. I go mm-hmm. on e- eBay all the time and see what people think they can get for Disney pins. Folks, unless you have a handful of Disney pins, they're worth maybe four bucks. Right. I don't care what you paid for it, fifteen dollars, twelve dollars. They're worth four, five dollars, maybe six at the most. Less than half what you pay for them now. So if you want to start a Disney pin collection, go on eBay and find a person who's actually gonna try to sell them. You'll get a whole mess of pins for six dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're not gonna because Disney oversaturated the market. Pin collection. Yeah, don't try to start a collection to to make money. Start it because no. you really like because you like pins. you like looking at them, you right. like having them. Exactly. You know. You're exactly right. Yep. So, are we? Is that it? That that's it, David. All right. So let's take a short break, and when we come back, you're taking us on a safari of the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Come on, gang. Let's take it home. <laughs> if you're like me, you're an Animal Kingdom fan who is just a bit tired of listening to so-called Disney experts who criticize our beloved park for being a quote half-day park. Well, it's time to put your frustrations into action by going to the Jumbo Everyone store at Zazzle.com slash Jumbo Everyone and picking up one of our exclusive new Not a Half Day Park t-shirts. They look great, and we will donate 50% of the profits to our conservation partners. The rest of it will go to helping keep Radio Harambe on the air and JumboEveryone.com on the web. Wear it the next time you visit the parks, or even better, the next time you attend a Disney fan meetup. Go to Zazzle.com slash Jombo Everyone today and wear your Animal Kingdom pride for all to see. Harmony, 
Radio Harambe. Before we move on to our feature, I just want to update you all on the Disney Parks blog shopping app, which ever since I said to Mike I was going to download it, is still downloading on my phone. So apparently this app works just as well as the My Magic whatever app works when you're in the parks. They used apparently the same technology for speed, um, and it is uh, how long have it been? Maybe twenty minutes since we mentioned this, and yeah, something uh, like that. And it's well, Dave, not, it's not even you. it's not even a quarter downloaded yet. No, I uh, tried to download it on my phone, and it was taking it took hours. So I, I just left my phone going overnight. And the next morning, it was there, and it was uh, easy to navigate. So thanks, Mike. Once you get on the phone, though, it's great. Yeah, I'm sure it may never happen, but we'll try. So anyway, uh, what we wanted to do today was um, get go over to the Animal Kingdom Lodge and discuss sort of the animal viewing, and we thought we'd take kind of a little tour, a little uh, safari, if you will, of the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, Obviously, we've discussed before some of the savannas. You've heard us talk about it. There's uh, multiple savannas throughout you know, both of the both of the resorts, the Kidani Village and the Jumbo House. There's a great collection of animals at both of them. Uh, Mike, where did you want to begin? Well, Dave, let me just start off by saying, um, well, well, we could start. You want to go through each savanna, or do you want me to just sort of delve into it, uh, however you, however way you want me to? It doesn't matter to me. I mean, I, I, you know, if you if you want to do sort of highlights or you want to go through all of them, I mean, it does. You know, it 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 really, it's really up to you. This is your safari. <laughs> okay. Well, Dave, obviously one of the highlights of staying at the Animal Kingdom Lodge is, of course, the savannas. Um, I mean, I think I speak for just about all of us here at Jump. Everyone, one of the coolest things about staying at Disney at the Animal Kingdom Lodge is sitting on your deck. Drinking some sort of beverage, whether it be an adult beverage or not, and watching the African wildlife behind, uh, uh, you know, all around you. What most guests don't realize, Dave, is that there are four distinct savannas between the two different resorts, Jumbo House and Kadani Village. Um, and bef- before I guess we really get into this, let me just mention right off the bat that we are recording this in late August of 2015. So if you're listening to this, you know, months, years down the road, Things change at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Sometimes animals move around and whatnot. Um, so that's an important factor to to keep in mind. But Dave, I guess we'll start off. We'll talk about the Sunset Savannah. Do you know which one the Sunset Savannah is? Do I know which one mm-hmm. the Sunset Savannah mm-hmm. is? Well, it's at it's at the Jumbo House. The, the 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 big one is Arusha, or is the big okay. one Sunset? Dave, the, the Sunset is the only one that's actually shared between the two resorts. Oh, that's the Sunset one. Okay, yes. the one that's on the back end of the hook of the Kidani Village. It's on the opposite side of the sort of the. So, so basically, when you walk out of Sanaa into the the main savanna of Kidani, that's the Sunset, and that's across from you. If you're looking across from you, um, you're also you're looking at sort of one of the. Uh, you know, Jumbo House actually almost looks like a horseshoe, I right, guess. Right. In a way. It's like that's what I'm mean, the hook of the semicircle. Right. right. And on on the, if you're staring at the Jumbo House at the at the you know the lobby from the parking lot to the left, the the that half that wedge is the Kudu Trail. That's the one that's looking out towards um, the Sunset Savannah. The other one is actually called the. Um, 
zebra tra- uh, the zebra trail um anyway i i've so never i've actually never been over there to that been over where to what to, to the, those uh, trails to that so i've never looked at that savannah from the from the jumbo house side right could because those trails, what they mean by trails is that's just the guest rooms, really. Exactly. Um, you know, you're walking exactly. to the wing of the lobby. So it's right. so unless you're wandering around the lobby floor and looking at those windows, the, the paneled windows, you know, in between groups of uh, rooms, really is no reason to be over there. Right. Um, but you do get a good look at it from Sanaa and from Kadani Village, and that is essentially sort of the main savanna of the Kadani Village, and it's perhaps. And I think it actually is the biggest of all the savannas. It's um, definitely is, no doubt yeah, about it. You have, you know, a lot of the um, regular customers, as they say. There's reticulate giraffes here. There's roan antelope. There's ancoli cattle, which are common throughout uh, many of the different um, uh, savannas. This also has mountain zebra on this savanna, yeah. which are, are fun to look at, and wildebeest. And the mountain zebras can be a little frisky. They can be a little frisky. They can be a little, they can be a little uh, rough to other animals. But it's a big enough savanna where they're okay. Mountain zebras are a little bit less ornery as the plain zebras that got such a bad rap. Remember they were were at uh, Kilimanjaro Safaris over a year ago. Right. Uh, Having said that, mountain zebras can still be kind of tough. They are the bullies of the savanna, and they can be kind of, uh, as you say, frisky. They've had quite a few. Uh, little baby zebras over the years. Yes, um, your child will be uh, witness to the great circle of life if you're there at certain times. Absolutely, <laughs> they're fun to watch, though. Uh, mountain zebras. Well. They have, uh, you know, they've um, not particularly that behavior, perhaps. <laughs> but they're, you know, they're very social animals. They, you know, they use facial expressions, positions of ears, to uh, you know communicate things to one another, and they have yeah. a, a large variety. Of vocalizations, and if you're lucky enough, you may actually hear it. One of the things that you could also hear on this savanna, if you're staying at Kadani Village, I'm sure many of you know, are the uh, crown cranes. They will uh, call in the morning, oftentimes, and, and yeah. they are they are there at the sunset savanna. As are marabou stork, which are um, you know interesting animals to see. The the crown cranes I like because they're the ones that can tend to jump the barrier. And yes. then the trucks have to go out and get them. Yes, they're, <laughs> they, they're also they, they tend also, to misbehave a little bit. They do. They also tend to at least one of them tends to stick around the glass at Sanaa. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oftentimes you'll be able to see one or, or two of them hanging right by your window. Um, window there. Another animal um, on this particular savanna is the scimitar horned oryx, the beautiful um, oh, yeah. white white animal. Um, antelope, and many people believe that this was actually the beginnings of the legend of the unicorn. Because if you look at it in profile, um, you, it's hard to distinguish whether it has one or two horns, and, and they do kind of, if you look at it, kind of look like a unicorn. Right. Another thing to be aware of on this savanna is the radiated tortoise. I was just going to ask, isn't there a turtle right outside the Sanaa Correct. lobby? Yeah. It's in its own little pen. It's not part of the savanna itself, but you can see it from that particular window. Yeah, and, and it's it's usually part. There's like an enrichment, one of those free enrichment programs where you where you go down there and see them mm-hmm. too. And yeah, yeah. Often, oftentimes you'll be able to see that. Correct. Now, I, I just want to point out that Mike began this safari on the best 
savanna there is on property. I mean, in my opinion, at least. It is the most stunningly gorgeous. It has the best viewing of any of them. I don't care what anybody says about the Jumbo House ones. I, I don't really like the way the Jumbo House one is set up um, viewing-wise. We'll get to that when we get over there. This one is obviously set up for sight lines and for sight lines from many places. So if you can't find a seat around the fire pit or uh, you know a good spot around there to look at something, go in the ha- go in the building, go up to the floor, go onto the decks. The decks are fantastic, and they get a panoramic view of a huge portion of of the um, mm-hmm. of the savanna. You're also surrounded by the savanna when you're out on the uh, on the the, the lookout. Uh, I forget what is that what they call it the lookout. What do they call the the where the fire pit is? There's a name for it there. But um, when you're out on that, you're mm-hmm. you're at ground level, right? And you the thing that never ceases to amaze me is going out there at night and realizing just how incredibly calm Mm -hmm. and quiet it is and the animals are how hauntingly quiet they are i mean you see uh you see a giraffe walking by and you don't even know he's there until he comes out of the darkness you know and he's only feet away from you and it's just that it's it's such an experience it really is and it's the best i my my favorite of all the savannas and it's the reason why i always choose to stay at kidani village is this savannah um, I know that that Jumbo House has amenities that I probably would prefer. Um, you know, the pool's a little bit bigger, or you know, a little, a little bit more elaborate, and there's more restaurants and all those kind of things. But well, I counter service is the big deal. And counter service too. I'm glad to take the little van or bus over there for the purpose of being able to stay at this savanna because it is that incredible. I mean, I love it so much, Mike, that one of these years when they increase these ticket sales, ticket prices too high, I'd be happy to go down and spend three or four days at Kidani Village without ever going in a park because it's sure. such an amazingly beautiful place. And, and this savanna really does it. I mean, it's just off the hook good. But anyway, so... Are we go- moving on to the next one? Are you going to quiz me on where the next one is now? Because I'm bad with names. <laughs> Dave, let's talk about Arusha. Well, now for the Arusha, ahead, Arusha, I know Arusha is the main one at the Jumbo House, right? Because so the Arusha you, Rock is the is what I was just talking about as far as aesthetics for sight lines. Correct. So if you walk straight through the Jumbo House Library, for you know, for listeners who might not be as familiar, uh, the Jumbo House Lobby, excuse me. Um, you walk straight through and down the steps and out into the savanna, mm-hmm. the one that's basically in the within the horseshoe kind of look of the Jumbo House is Arusha. And here, of course, right. again, we have, you know, reticulated giraffes. We have wildebeest. We have Ancoli cattle. We have roan antelope, the typical um, the typical game, you know, typical players in these things. They also have Tommies um, uh, occasionally here on Arusha. They have waterbuck, which are beautiful uh, antelope. They have ostrich as well here. Yeah. It's, the, it's the only one that actually has an ostrich. You'll notice that each of these has um, a few animals that are very common. The giraffes in a lot of them, roan antelope are in a lot of them, and coli mm-hmm. cattle are in a lot of them. But each savanna has one or two animals that are particularly unique to that particular savanna. And this one, ostriches, one, blessbach, are found only on this particular uh, savanna. They're beautiful they are a very rare antelope, and it also has uh, a couple of birds that are unusual for, or uh, only 
in this particular savannah, they have vulturine guinea fowl, which are kind of little, uh, they almost look like peahens running around uh, the savannah. They're little, they're almost, they're dark bluish color, almost like a gray blue. And they also have white pelicans here as well that you often see right by the Overlook Rock. They're, once you get through the uh, doors and out into the, um, the Arusha Overlook, they're sort of like a little uh, water feature there with some branches that stick around there, and the pelicans are often right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I, I enjoy the pelicans. <laughs> this, this, is, this is a this is a great. I mean, this is the this is the one, right? This is the one that that sort of started it all. This is the mm-hmm. uh, you know the main the main savannah and the main building, and this is the one that you always see on the uh, on the uh, advertisements and such. Um, it it is incredible, um, and there are a lot of places to look. Um, the viewing is 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 good. The problem is what I mentioned before was the there's what they have their their lookout is just is called the Arusha Rock and there's a big rock like rock feature in the middle of it. So if it's you're a very elaborate rock work here, it's yeah. very elaborate. It's beautiful. It's incredibly well done. The problem is it narrows your field of vision when you're out on this overlook. So you can't, can't look all around. You, you can't, can't look, look all around you, yeah. right? You can't look 360. It's bigger. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more possi- possibilities. Uh, a lot of places to walk. Um, it gives you sort of a sense of adventure because you're seeing different things. And I do appreciate that. And I do like that. But there's some. But but the sunset savanna has this immersion quality that Arusha kind of doesn't have because you're too busy kind of following around and looking around and going from one place to the next. I like both designs. I think this design is cool. I just think that rock kind of gets in the way. And also for people staying in some of the some of the rooms, the rock uh-huh. also gets in the way of a few of the of the savanna spots. Yeah, so the sight lines just aren't as good. Right, especially some of the lower rooms, low, lower yeah. floor rooms near the uh, center of the near the lobby. Uh, the viewing is not not always great, there, right. there, but but as you said, there's a lot of room to walk around. Yep. Um, there's even places where you can, you know, uh, you know, you can't basically you can't see from one side to the other. You have to walk under rocks and stuff. They often have activities here. Uh, marshmallow roasting, for example, I think occurs pretty much every night, um, which mm-hmm. is always a lot of fun. And they, you know, this is where the campfire is, and they'll do story times and stuff right. like that. So. Um, yeah, this is probably the most elaborate of the viewing areas, but uh, I understand your point. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It's it's absolutely beautiful. But I just think that you know the sight lines are a little bit better than the other one. It's two completely different experiences, and I like that about it too because you don't feel like you're just in another version of what you were at at, Kil- at Kidani. You feel like you're in a completely different place and a completely mm-hmm. different savanna and a whole whole different experience, and that that's important too because you want to be able to enjoy all of them as if it's something different. So, but very cool. Yeah, I love the Arusha. Dave, let's go to the other one that's unique to Jumbo, and that's Uzima, okay. which is you know it shares the name of the pool. And right, I was going to say it's, it's one right, kind of on the back of the pool, right? It's the it's yeah, the it's, where, it's by the pool. Yeah, and there's a flock of pelican or. Um, Pink flamingos, flamingos there, yeah. Yes, actually, there's a, there's a pool right by, of course, the guests' pool, but there is a an exhibit for African flamingos, greater flamingos, actually, and African spoonbills right. um, can both be found in the little exhibit there, which is great, which is adjacent to the savanna. And yeah. that particular savanna has um, it has giraffe, it has uh, roan and ancoli, just like you know most of the other ones. 
but it has the uh, eland, which is a huge, the, the largest antelope Enormous. In, in Africa. It has a greater kudu. And most recently, it, uh, it is where you can find this Somali wild ass. It's yeah. a pale donkey that has some zebra-like markings on mm-hmm. its legs. It is found in one of the most arid and dry places in the world, which I guess is very different than uh, the humidity of Florida. But mm-hmm. uh, they are uh, gorgeous wild donkeys, so check them out. They're very active, too. Or they can mm-hmm. be, at least. They, they like to kind of walk around. This is a weird savanna. Um, because it's only go ahead. I'm sorry. Because of the way it's it's situated, it's it's you can see it from a couple of different spots, but it's it it is definitely made for the guests in the rooms. More, um, yeah, that's on the zebra trail, Dave. Sorry to interrupt. But yeah, that's the zebra trail there. Right. So uh, so the the if you go out to the pool and to the back of the pool, you'll see the flamingos. But then if you go to the left. Mm-hmm. From looking at the flamingos over to the left, or even behind the flamingos, you'll see, there's a little bit of the savanna there too. But if you go to your left, you're going to pass. I believe there's a uh, a, a, um, a hot tub there, and uh, you know you just keep walking, then you'll get to sort of a lookout where you'll see this massive savanna. It really is big. It's much it's much bigger than you think it is, mm-hmm. and it it goes way back there. It and does, you, and you'll see a lot of different animals kind of spread out through there. So it's one of those things where if you're coming over to Jumbo House to see the animals, I would suggest absolutely go and see them. But you may have to get a little lucky to, to get any kind of real good pictures or good viewing of them because there's only just a small spot where you can really you can't walk around it. You can't, you know, you can't. True. So that's the only, and and you're not in the middle of it by any means. You're at sort of the point of it. Correct. You know, that's you're at the actually, tip of it. That, that's actually also very true, Dave, for the last savanna we're going to talk about. But you are correct. All right. The last one must be the one over at the pool at Kadani. It's Pembe is yeah. the name of this particular savanna. And you are correct. It's it's visible. Uh, a small portion of it is visible from the pool area at Kadani Village. But it actually wraps all the way around the the side of the building. I mean, if you look at a map of Kadani, you will see it's it's the, the name Kadani comes from necklace, and it's supposed to look like a necklace, and it wraps pretty far around. But there's a large, thin section that goes all the way around where – so there's plenty of spots where animals you will not be able to see from the uh, pool section of the part of the, uh, the savanna but are visible for these guest rooms that right. go all the way around there. Uh, this is maybe the most unique of the savannas in terms of the animal collection. Uh, this is where you will see the okapi. Um, this is where they have the Red River Hogs. This is where they sometimes have the Thompson Gazelles here as well. Uh, they do have Waterbuck. They have um, vultures, the uh, Rupel's Griffin vultures. And they have the beautiful Blue Crane, which is the uh, national bird of the country of South Africa. Right. Um, but those are, it's a unique grouping of animals. Um, most of those you don't see in any of the other three savannas. It doesn't have... You know, Ancoli or giraffe or roan antelopes, which you see in all the other ones. Um, instead, it has okapi and river, river hogs. It's um, and waterbuck and, and, and that kind of stuff. It's it's a fun. Uh, I like this is one of my favorite savannas, if not my favorite, just because it's so different from the others. Yeah, it's the one that really has a, uh, you know its unique collection out there, and uh, and it, and it again the viewing of it can be tricky. Um, unless you happen to be on that side of the building, and one of these years I'm gonna, because I would I would like to 
have some great views over there but uh but there it's it's difficult to see sometimes but Mm -hmm. it's they're incredible go down to the pool bar grab yourself a mango margarita you know head on over wait for it to happen wait for wait for the animals to come by because they will because Mm -hmm. they put a browse station browses the food the stuff that they eat they put a browse station right close to your viewing area so you will get Certainly, the grazing animals coming over to you. I'm still waiting for the red to get a good picture of the Red River hogs. I've never been able to do that. Oh, I have a couple of good ones. I'll I have some. You. I have some reasonable ones, but none of the sort of great <laughs> ones that I like to put on uh, our Disney Photo Safari, which you can find by going to <laughs> DisneyPhotoSafari.blogspot.com or going to Jumbo Everyone and clicking the Photos tab. And uh, got, I got you need that quality of photo for them, and I haven't gotten them gotcha. yet because they're really gotcha. cool animals. But yeah, I, I love that spot. I really do. God, it's, making, it's a, making me want to go, Mike. I, I, I know <laughs> you brought up an, inter- an interesting point about the browse. Um, just so you know, people know this: Disney keepers will put browse in different spots along the savanna so that different animals will congregate in different areas. You know. At, on different days. Browse is basically animal salad. Correct. Yeah. I mean, these are all obviously vegetarians that they have on there. Mm-hmm. There's no, they're not going to keep uh, lions on these particular savannas in case anybody uh, that falls would, That would be fun, right? That would be fun. But um, yeah, so they use this to kind of distribute the animals, you know, so that people who are staying there for a week, you know, you might see giraffes hanging around your room for a day or two, but then the next day will be Ancoli cattle and the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, so that's one technique that they'd use to sort of have the animals mingling around the entire savannah so that everybody who has a room on it, you know, make it a little variety. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 uh, You'll see it. You'll notice it. You'll notice what they're doing. If you spend some time in your room and you're looking out on mm-hmm. there, you'll see where they're placed. There's some some very well placed uh, giraffe ones that are kind of because there's trees, especially right. in Kidani. There's there's trees. So in a lot of situations, if you're in an upper floor, you only see the legs of the giraffe as they walk by uh, because they're kind of up in the tree area in the in the you know in the growth of the trees. So they put the brows on the trees, sort of towards closest to the buildings and you'll see them just kind of hanging out there during the day. And, and, and even at night, that's when it's really cool is, mm-hmm. when, you, is when you see them kind of walking around at night, but yeah, they're very good at it. It's gorgeous. Anything else? Yeah, Dave, let's t- touch on a couple of different things just about animal viewing. First sure. of all, you know, make sure I'm, I'm sure many of you know that they actually have uh, guides or cast members um, at, yeah. In many of these different viewing spots, like Arusha Overlook, like by the Kadani Pool, by the Uzima uh, Lookout, um, you know, who are from uh, different countries in Africa that, you know, are, are there to talk to you. And that that's their whole job is there to, you know, talk, talk to you about the animals, but also talk about, oh, yeah. you know, uh, what it's like to be in Africa and their home country and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So, oh, my God. Know. Mike, they're dying to talk to you. I mean, if you see these people mm-hmm. and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I don't know who this is, go and say hello. They're, that's what they want you to do, and they want to talk about the animals. They want to talk about the country that they're from. They're incredibly fascinating people and always very, very friendly, genuine people. They really, you know, mm-hmm. they're not doing it for show. They're doing it because they're doing it because for most of the day, they're stuck there staring at themselves. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> so they want to have some interaction with humans. Yeah, make beings. the day go by. <laughs> so be nice and go say hello to one of them. Dave, there are a couple other ways you can actually see the animals. And one of my favorite is the night vision goggles. Now, for uh, people who are not familiar, there are essentially two different spots where you can see the night vision or use the night vision goggles. One is if you walk directly out onto the Sunset Savannah by Sanaa. Um, after sundown until nine o'clock, there will be a couple of, uh, you know, guides, cast members there to uh, distribute a, a couple of night vision goggles. And you can look at the animals through these. It's a fascinating, uh, fascinating thing. The other spot is the Uzima lookout that we were talking about before by the pool. It's not like right by the lobby. Actually, I have to walk past the pool into this kind of remote lookout. But either one of those two spots offers night vision goggles. Yeah, and I love doing that. I mean, that's 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 fun. That's the only good. thing it's it's very very fun. I I, I love it. Um, the one thing I would please, please, if you're doing it, don't hold on to the night vision goggles for a half hour and let the line build up. I've I've been there where people have just kind of hung on to them forever, not yeah. caring. You not, tell them not caring about the people waiting, but it's very annoying and. and you know, the cast members don't give you a time limit, so theoretically you could take pick a goggle up at 5.30 when sun goes down and just hold on to it until 9 o'clock, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, be a little courteous to the other guests. Yeah, you you know, tell look, Get a couple of looks and then pass it along. Well, I, I take more than just a couple of looks. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> what else? It should, by the way, just as a side, Dave. Yeah. Um, Sometimes the night vision goggles, if it's raining outside in Jumbo House, will be from the uh, – um, if you're in the second floor of the lobby, there's kind of this little um, overlook inside the building uh-huh. that overlooks the savannah from the second floor. They will sometimes do the night vision goggles in there um, if the weather's bad, just as a side note. Good, 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 um, good. Yep. There's another way to see the animals, too, and that's through the, uh, is it Wei, Wayama Safari, which is the uh, Jiko um, dinner, and then you get a safari cruise through the, uh, you know, or a truck cruise through the the uh, different savannas. Um, it's expensive, you know, but it's a Jiko meal and a interesting tour through the savannah. So that's another way you can see them. Yeah, yeah. Do they still do the night one, Mike? You mean in the middle of the night, night vision goggles? I don't think so. I the, think Weiwiyama is the only one. Yeah, the truck that used to, and it, mm-hmm. they, they didn't really advertise it either. No, they didn't. It was a strange thing because I and and I tried to get on it a bunch of times and it was sold out. I'm like, how could this be sold out? You don't even tell anybody it's here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so they stopped doing that. I believe they have, Dave. Yeah, yes, oh, that's a shame. The, oh, well. the only other thing, the only other thing I would point out, Dave, is Sanaa is the only restaurant where you can actually view the savannas. Uh, from your dining room table. That's incredible. Um, I think is odd. And I've always found it odd that you were talking before about some of the views if you go upstairs. I've always found it odd they didn't have like some sort of lounge or something from, you know, the top of one of the, um, you know, uh, lobbies, whether it's the sixth floor Jumbo House or Kadani, overlooking the Savannah and getting a great up high view. I don't know why they never did that when they design the hotels that well, seems strange to me i think they learned a few things with kadani my, my feeling is that when they i've always felt that when they did the lodge 
Mm-hmm. The Jumbo House, when they did the original launch, that they were mm-hmm. trying to make a separation between your adventure, so to speak, to the animals and your adventure sort of in the in the lodge itself. And they were sort of making it like, you know, you had to travel out to see the animals. You had to go out mm-hmm. to the rock and go behind the rock and see the animals and that kind of thing. The and, story. Yeah, I thought that was the story they were trying to create. When Kidani Village, they were just trying to create as much great viewing of the animals as they possibly could and they you know the story is not as um elaborate as it is over at jumbo house i mean it's it is certainly very elaborate and it's theming and all that is still right there at the at the level it needs to be at but yeah you're 100 percent right and the design of <laughs> the person the architect who decided you know let's put two restaurants with a view of the pool i mean yeah. when, when you have <laughs> Do I want to look at Disney guests in a pool while I'm eating, or do I want to look at a giraffe? You know, exactly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a very strange aesthetic choice. And the and the lounge, the Victoria Falls Lounge, which is a beautiful spot. I mean, there's yeah, they could have done so much more with it. I mean, they could have they could have really used that. To draw people in and be able to eat with the animal, you know, with the animals in view. And not only that, other guests and stuff, but having a lounge with, I mean, there's, there are rooms that do not have a Savannah view. Um, right. You know, having a lounge with a Savannah view would really go a long way to sort of. Absolutely. Bridging uh, that gap. Yep. The people who don't have that particular view. I mean, you have the little library in Kidani that you could sit and look at the animals, but there really isn't like a great lounge or, or area to just sit and watch the animals if you don't have your own balcony to do such. Exactly. And also, the last thing I would point out is take advantage of the handouts that they give you yeah. <laughs> um, at the Animal Kingdom Lodge. And also, they actually have a television uh, channel uh, dedicated just to the Animal Kingdom Lodge that often has animal facts and yep. you know gives you a little information about some of the animals you're looking at. So, you know, take advantage of that. Take a few minutes, look at that kind of stuff. There's also, uh, I think, a channel that shows some um, uh, animal-like uh, Disney-produced documentary type things as well. Yeah, that's true. That you know, there is now. Yeah, yeah, there is now. And that's really, really well done. Well, cool. That's your safari around the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Thanks once again for tuning into Radio Harambe. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a review there. Uh, those view reviews actually kind of help get the word out of the show. So if you want to help us there, that would be much appreciated. Uh, don't forget to check out our website. We mentioned it already, jomboreveryone.com. You get the photo safari blog there. You get Mike's safari, Mike blog, learn all about animals. You also get our store where we got some great, unique, sort of unofficial Animal Kingdom merchandise and all the profits from that go to our conservation partners. Uh, also, feel free to follow us on Twitter. Right now, I'm at Radio Harambe. Haven't gotten any new followers recently. I mean, I don't get many anyway because I'm barely ever on it. But uh, Mike is on it forever and always. Um, at John, and he is at Jumbo Everyone. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. You'll you'll catch me there more often than Twitter, uh, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. And you can find all those links, like I said, at JumboEveryone. So for Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride, Quaharini, go well, and thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. Now, who do you